Right, lads, welcome to episode 11, I think, of uh, oh. Final Whistle. Nine? Um, yeah, I think you, think, how many have you had, Kels? I swear we've had episode 10 already. <laughs> no, I think we're on episode 9, isn't it? I think we're only planning episode 10 next week. <laughs> All right, then, episode 9. Um, Beer 11. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, it. Yeah. This, is, this is starting well, isn't it? Jesus <laughs> Christ. Let me know what day it is. Um, so tonight I'm joined. I've got a nice crowd tonight, which is which is good. Um, Josh, Josh is back. Um, Billy's also back with us. Ben, um, Milesy, Lewis, and Cal. How are we all doing, lads? Good, good. Yeah, all good, mate. All good. Yeah, yeah. All good. All good. All um, good. All good. Uh, so, so tonight is all about the Champions League and with a little bit of Europa League in there. Hopefully um, someone's popped out a Europa League team. If not, I don't really care. So um, Champions League will probably be the, the most talking point, right? Out of all this. Yeah. No one cares about Europa League unless you're in it. Okay, so I've got um, the, the, bit, so the, first, the first game, the first, well, the first little segment I've got here is um <laughs> fuck I've forgotten. <laughs> I, haven't written, <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't written them down. Okay, oh, so it was no. it was the it was the great the greatest Champions League game I think along alongside them lines. So yeah. um jo- Josh um Josh mate we'll, we'll start with you. Okay. Um so yeah just a reminder Kels five topics tonight um, were greatest game. It can be your club. It can be just a game that you enjoyed watching. Um, same rules apply for the worst game. We've got best individual season for for a player. We've got um, the best team not to win it this century, which will be an interesting one. And then the final one was um, for for most of us here, favourite non English team. But Kels, as you're a Brentford supporter, I kind of said that you could choose an English team if you wish, being so that you don't support a Champions League or Europa League club. So. They're the five topics. Um, yeah, we'll start off with the greatest game. Um, and, I mean, I'm being a Liverpool fan, I could mention the obvious, but I, don't, I didn't want to go down that route because I wanted to keep this podcast slightly more original. So I've gone for one of the Liverpool great games that isn't necessarily the greatest game that most Liverpool fans would talk about when it comes to the Champions League. And this is more of a... It's definitely a personal one for me, and, and, and that'll make sense to mainly Billy and Marzi um, in, in a sec. But for, for, for me, my greatest game that I put down was the Liverpool game against Man City in the first leg um, when we turned them over 3-0. Now, aside from the fact that at the time they were arguably the best team in the world in terms of performance, I think that was the year that they got the, the 100 points in, in the league. Um, and then... I remember us drawing them in the uh, in the in the draw, and Billy and Marzi just took the absolute piss, telling me that Liverpool are out, you're done. And I I wasn't as confident saying it to Billy because he's not one to forget, but I definitely said it to Marzi in person. I said to him the next day, I said, Marzi, man, I'm telling you now, we're going to smash Man City. Like they're not going to stand a chance. Like they're not like Liverpool on a Saturday afternoon or a Sunday afternoon is completely different to Liverpool on a Tuesday or Wednesday evening. And, um, yeah, the first half an hour, we went 3-0 up. And that game was just, for me, that season, probably the best we've ever played. And, you know, from from Salah's early goal to um, Oxlade-Chamberlain's absolute banger. That when, when, you know, you talk to a Liverpool fan about greatest games, you've obviously got Istanbul, the Barcelona game last year. But for me, 
this one doesn't get spoken about enough because of the we've been quite spoiled in Klopp's era and, and obviously with the 2005 win with some of the great games we've had in European football. Um, you could even look in his first season when we got did the comeback against Dortmund. But for me, it's that Man City game just for personal reasons of me having the I told you so moment and just for the fact that we showed Man City what a European giant looks like. I think um, I've, I'm looking at it now. They absolutely dominated you. For the, they, I, I remember them starting really brightly in that first game and they had a, I think they had a chance early on, but mm. we hit them on the counter and uh, scored. And after that, it was just an absolute, we just absolutely they pummeled had, them. Um, City had no shots on target that game. 66% of the possession as well. They had no shots Seven on up. target. Wow. No shots. 700 odd passes during that game as well. Um, and I think it was, those are Man City stats to me, aren't they? But I think you're right in what you're saying that Liverpool on a, on a Tuesday night in the Champions League is, is a bit overwhelming for most teams, isn't it, really? When, when you get further into them stages, um, yeah, I, I do agree with you, mate. But I wasn't expecting 3 0 at the time with that City side. Um, but all all the goals coming in the first half as well. Um, you know, Oxley Chamberlain came eight minutes after Salah, so obviously City didn't settle too much. And then um, Mane in the thirty first. So um, you kind of had it wrapped up then. Do you not? Do you agree when you went to the Etihad? I know it finished two one. I mean, don't get me don't get me wrong. When we went to the Etihad and Gabriel Jesus scored very early on, it was you know squeaky bum time. And Miles even texted me going, "You're shitting yourself." And I was like, "Of course I am. This is Liverpool Football Club. Like we don't do things <laughs> we don't do things easily." But um, I knew that you know if we got an away goal, that would be it. Game over. And um, I think I can't remember who got the first goal in that game for us. I think it might have been Salah with his lob over the over the so, keeper and that iconic celebration of him standing yeah. in front of the fans. Yeah, you talk about breakaway goals. That was another one, wasn't it? Salah came from came from Allison, didn't it? Up one end. I remember you going all the way up there. Mm, up the other, no, we didn't have Allison that season. No, that would have not? been uh, no. I think the goal. I think the goal you're on about is one we scored against Arsenal when it went from Allison to Firmino into the box. Um, I can't remember where it come from. I think it was, but I, I, think, I think I remember both games we were. Getting breakaway goal in terms of possession, but I think I think it was both of those games were perfect examples of Liverpool's counter-attacking yeah. capabilities. And the first goal we scored in that game is is prime example of that. Milner down the right freed Salah, uh, freed. Yeah, I remember Salah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so so you talk about domination there. The second leg was even worse in terms of domination in terms of your, I think City knowing that they had to sort of come back as such. Um, they absolutely battered you again, but they yeah, had twenty I, shots, twenty shots, and only three of them went on target. Yeah, and I think I think Gabriel Jesus scored, and then I think five to ten minutes after he scored, I think Bernardo Silva hit the post, and then and they had a goal disallowed, I believe. Yeah, that was it. Sixty-nine um, percent possession to thirty-one as well, and I think that that also shows your counter-attacking ability as well in terms of just sort of nullifying what you would probably expect them to do. Mm. And then when you have your chances, the likes of Salah, Mane, Firmino on the break, um, gave, gave you a victory. Five on an aggregate as well. I mean, that's a nice, that's a nice scoreline, isn't it, really, looking back? Yeah, a nice um, unexpected scoreline. That yeah, point, that's, point about City, sorry to jump in, yeah. <coughs> Dents, but uh, obviously you mentioned City had a, a huge number of shots. Like This is a frequent occurrence. Like Manchester City 
take a lot of shots regularly. Um, you know, the Tottenham game, for example, in, in the league, both of those games this year, um, we drew the first game 2 all very early on. They had about 20-odd shots on target and scored two. We had two shots on target and scored two. Um, and then the game more recently, um, when Bovine scored that absolutely fantastic goal, uh, again, I think over the two games, City had 42 shots on goal and scored two goals. And we had, I think it was something like six and scored four. Like it, it really is a crazy thing with City about, you know, almost how wasteful they can be for a team that is actually that good in terms of quality up front. Mm. Well, a lot of shit at the wall. Some of it's got a stick, right? Exactly, mate. <laughs> what about, Bill, what do, you, what do you think about that? Do you think, do you agree with Josh in terms of, I think, obviously he's stuck with club. So do you agree that is one of the, one of the, one of the standout games if you're a Liverpool fan in the Champions League? Uh, yeah, I mean, they've had so many, haven't they? And Josh could have literally picked loads. And I know earlier on we were discussing the... Um, the Olympiacos game, weren't we? With the Steven Gerrard goal, it was just ridiculous. And um, part of that game was made a little bit by the commentary, wasn't it? Like the, I think it was Andy Gray at the time <clears throat> when when he uh, had a job at Sky, um, <laughs> and he, yeah, he he proper delivered on it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm a, a little bit surprised, but I don't disagree. It's like Josh is in the fortunate position where he could pick from a game a season for the last God knows how long. Like, he's blessed to have been in a Champions League for so long. So, um, yeah, I mean, and I'm like, like with you, Kels, talking about the possession stats, the, it doesn't really count for a lot. I don't know, we spoke about the, the Klopp and the uh, Pep thing last week. Um, and yeah, it's like, just because you have loads of possession, you get mm. three quick goals, shut up shop. And I remember Josh is saying that Milesy texted him about a, a squeaky bum time, and I know I would have. Um, just you know, just just to put the squeeze on a little bit, you know, you go one nil down immediately. Um, but like Josh says, and like so many Liverpool games, that when that when that goal scored, it's game over. So you get your away goal, job done. Um, and we've seen that a lot of times in football. So whilst I'm a little bit, I suppose yeah, I am a little bit surprised that he chose that, but. He's got such a great choice of games to choose from. Mm. Um, and I'm glad he kind of stuck to Liverpool because that's what he'll feel. Well, he'll feel better about those games than he would about any other. Do you feel that, do you feel, Josh, that you kind of feel a bit better with not just being a European side now in terms of Liverpool? Because I remember an earlier podcast, I did say that I've always remembered you as a European side. With everything, with everything else now that's happening down at Liverpool, I, I do believe that you are in for every single trophy now that you're in. Granted, if Klopp takes it seriously, you know, your FA Cup, your League Cup, yeah. Champions League, the league. Um, do, do you agree with that? Or Yeah, I, you know, I think we're very much on the course now to be recognised as, as... I mean, people will say, oh, you can't be a great Premier League side until you've won it. And I mean, to a certain extent, I see where they're coming from. But I think we're in a position now where we can be considered one of the great Premier League sides. But I think it's yeah. just going to come down due to our success in European competitions I think you know when people talk about Liverpool Football Club and, and, and what comes to mind with that football club it's going to be the European nights at Anfield and just even as a Liverpool fan like there's something different for me you know if I'm sat you know a Sunday afternoon game at four o'clock if I'm sat around mid like, after a game of football you boys on a Sunday of course I'm looking forward to the game at four o'clock but 
the excitement I get when I'm sat at work knowing I've got a Champions League game that evening, it's just a different level of excitement. And I don't know if that's just a Liverpool thing or if people genuinely get more excited about the Champions League. But me personally, I get a big bit of a big bigger hype around the Champions League nights, so, you know, sitting at work on a Tuesday afternoon than I do waiting around for a, for a Sunday afternoon kickoff. And again, that could just be a Liverpool thing. Or... I think we'll agree with that because we were... When we were talking about what pod to do next and the Champions League idea come up, we were like, yeah, let's do it. It's a great idea. Everyone gets that little... Maybe not... I don't want to talk too much about Arsenal being in the Europa League, but they'll have the same feelings when they were in it. You do get that buzz when you're at work on a Tuesday and a Wednesday. And I don't know if you get the same buzz on a Thursday. Being a Tottenham fan, when we were in the Europa League, I kind of did. I kind of like the European nights. Um, going to the arse end of nowhere and, and playing some fucking carrier bag team. But that was fine to me on a Thursday. I'd be like, oh, European football night. Um, and I'd go to some of them games. And I, I, I just think there's a different buzz around European football than there is about domestic. Um, yeah, that's just, that's just how I feel about it. I think that comes down to just the atmosphere as well. I mean... You look at, like, when you travel, if, like, I know a few of my friends, especially, have travelled to, they've been to Barcelona, they've been to, my, one of my friends went to Chelsea, Valencia away last year, mm. and they drove there, and they said the atmosphere is just nothing like you get over here. Mm. And, again, it's just, a, it's a different way. Every, every country's different in the way they, they sort of support their teams and how they act. And especially in my lifetime, I definitely want to go to, you know, Dortmund. Oh, that's what away day at Dortmund. I think yeah. would be on everyone's bucket list, just because yeah, the atmosphere and the way the stadium is 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 incredible. And to play those sorts of teams, like I say, yeah, I mean, I can't speak on Champions League side for a few years now. Obviously, being Arsenal watching Thursday night football, but even still, it's good to see, you know, your prospect and your talent come through as well. It's good to see what mm. your team's going to become and what's what's down the line. I think that's mm. the most one of the most exciting things as well. And you get the likes of Ajax that have got a young squad coming through that did it last year and it's, it's, it's good to see. It is very good to see. Mm. Well, mate, I, I, think that's a, I think that's a good one, Josh, to be fair, mate. That, that's, that's a nice one to pick out from all those um, Liverpool games you have to choose from. Uh, I don't know whether you guys want mine or not. Yeah, go on, Kels. Kels. Mine, Kels. I've, got, I've, I've got mine sort of just lingering here. Um, I've gone for... Um, Barcelona 6, PSG 1, when they were 4-0 down. Um, I went for the same, Kels. I was going to say, has anyone same? Yeah. I had this yeah. one as my non-club. So, yeah. so Sergio, Sergio Roberto scored in the 95th minute. Um, I think every other player but him was offside. And he, he made... What an uh, unexpected what, winner, though, Kels. I mean, what I mean by everyone was offside. They were, they were. It was obviously so late in the game, and I think it was Busquets that chipped it in, and Roberto's there, and he sort of. It was a very unorthodox finish at the same time as well. Um, he sort of just threw himself at it and dangled a leg, and it and it's gone in, and the whole place has erupted. Um, I just think that kind of nullified Barcelona as a whole. We all talk about them as as a great side, but um, I think. Again, possession, you're always going to be under under threat at, at the new Camp anyway. But I think that, that was sort of a, such a Barcelona way of playing. I think they were so calm throughout. I remember watching it. They were so calm throughout 90 minutes and they trusted they trusted themselves. You would with the, with the calibre of player you have. But when you're 4-0 down, PSG absolutely romped them in France. And you come back and you win 6-1. 
I mean, there was a little bit of pressure when Cavani scores the away goal, but I think Barcelona had that momentum anyway. So you can't forget clinical, about them scoring. Yeah, it mate, was yeah. clinical. They, they took every chance they had pretty much. And a funny stat about that game specifically. So obviously, yeah, the, the, the second leg was, was in Barcelona at the new Camp. For, for anyone who's been to the new Camp or been lucky enough to go out there, it is an absolutely phenomenal stadium. And if anyone hasn't, I'd recommend you get, get out there to experience it. But um, I think they said that the University of Barcelona has a... Uh, an earthquake monitor, so obviously stuff that comes up on the Richter scale, and um, yeah. there was essentially a minor tremor that uh, registered on that machine um, just after Sergio Roberto had scored, which is just an absolutely mental thing mm. to think about. Ninety thousand mm. people creating a minor thing, you know, a minor earthquake. Essentially, it's absolutely crazy. The, the 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 strange thing for me after that game, when they when they drew Roma, they lost, they got knocked out by them, and. Um, that's another thing. You talk about unexpected, Phil. Um, that was just like, I mean, Roma just blew him away. And I think that that's what, that's what disappointed me. Because if you go and win the Champions League after that, you go down as one of the greatest to ever do it like in that sort of period of the Champions League. Do you know what I mean? So um, for me, that, that's, they would go down as the greatest, one of the greatest sides to do it, just the way just because of the way they did it against PSG are advancing. So, can you hear me all right? Yeah, yeah. What was that all about? What was what all about? I thought you were frowning because you can't hear me. No, no, I can hear you, mate. Sorry. Oh, oh right. <laughs> okay. Okay. Solely on my face. I'll stop making faces, mate. <laughs> oh, you threw me off there. I thought, oh, I've said all that and they can't hear me. Um, Cal, <laughs> you've picked, you've picked the, 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 exactly the same game as me, mate. Um, is it... Why? Same thing too, but it was it was such a good game. And I think after PSG obviously smashed them in front in, in Paris, and you yeah they were dead and buried really. But for me, it was the last I think the last ten minutes of the game. If I'm correct, Neymar scored in the 88th minute, the 91st minute, and then Roberto scored in the 95th. Like yep. I think you think you think about it like when you're watching it on TV, you go, right, 88th minute, okay, well done, they've got to go back. And then they get a 91st minute, and you usually only get one goal in extra time. You think, oh, no, maybe if they didn't concede the Cavani goal, they would go through. And all of a sudden, like, you talk about moments, you take the piss, and I say, people would get me off my seat. That moment got them off my seat. That ball mm-hmm. came over from Busquets, and Roberto puts the ball in, and I was just like, you just stand, and you're just like, what the fuck? Like, I think um, it's amazing. Little things for me in that game as well. They were so. You, you talk about not scoring more than one goal in extra time. The fact that they continued to play the same way, yeah, with about one minute thirty seconds to go, and that ball got you know it it, it got cleared out to Busquets, and you know as I said to you when everyone else PSG had moved out, and just one player was just clever enough just to just to keep his call, and then that was Roberto. And I think, yeah, mate, the, the, the like, way they continue like to stay said, calm. Like they don't panic. There was no long balls. It was still, no. you know, playing the ball out from the back. And if you look at their <laughs> formation that they played, they played a, a three diamond, like a three at the back, then a diamond four, and they played a three up top. The formation was so attacking. And they went mm-hmm. out. They knew they had to win. They just, they rested players. Like, Georgie Albert didn't play. They had Messi played in the 10. Like the whole formation was just completely like defense went out the window. 
and they still tried to play the way they did. So, like, you kind of think if that was someone like Chelsea or United, you get to that stage, it would be a long ball up to the big man up top, trying to get a flick on, who chucks centre-backs up top, things mm. like that, where they still try to play their nice um, football. I don't, I, don't even, I don't even think they chucked the kitchen sink at PSG. They, no. just, kept, they just kept it the Barcelona way. And um, that, that, that's another little thing for me. I, I love stuff like that. I mean, it just nullifies what, what they are in it as a philosophy and what and what they teach from the ground up to the first first team all the young all the young lads know how to play if you if you're in the Barca jersey so um that's my one lads I've, I had a feeling that someone would would um pick the same one as well to be fair um Kels, to be fair I didn't say it was my my favorite but um obviously you know I I sort of over prepped for this and looked at various other avenues as well as when we shared notes before but that was um, my favorite game as a neutral um, to mm. be fair, mm. I, I had that one down as. Yeah, I've got, I had it down as well. So yeah, mate, it's, it's definitely even a there, performance it's quality, quality like game. Neymar. Look, I think he got for the performance he put in in that game as well. I mean, he gets obviously, you know, critiqued a lot for obviously playing in a farmers league now for what he does. Yeah, mate. But exactly. in that, in that yeah, Barcelona yeah. team, well, he, he got his big money move, didn't he, Lou? So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> what he was doing. Yeah, um, Ben and Ben Calvin Lou, if you've if you've got that game down as the great greatest game as a neutral, you're muted, mate. <laughs> um, sorry, someone was meant to be calling me there. Fuck's sake, ruin it. Did you hear that vibration there? Uh, uh, no. All right. Okay. It, it muted um, you straight out. Ringing me, twat. Well, <laughs> fucking this is trying to ring me in that. Fuck off. Is she not? Um, <laughs> no, it's pod time. Yeah, she doesn't respect me at all, mate. She knows this is my thing on a Wednesday. Do you know what I mean? So, um, th- this first segment was the greatest game, yeah? The greatest game that, as a neutral, right? Yeah. Um, obviously, Ben, Lou, and Cal, you've picked this as well. Do you, I mean, Lou, you haven't had your say at why you've picked that game as well, so. I actually picked a different game, Kells, but yeah, no, I was just saying that's one that I picked as, as a neutral fan. <laughs> All right, cool. Anyway, Billy, moving on. Um, your greatest game that you've that you've picked? Uh, I've gone really obvious here because just nothing feels anything like what I felt when we beat Man City in a defeat, as it turns out, <laughs> uh, last season when we lost 4-3 at the Etihad. Um, I was actually lucky enough to catch up with this today. Um, I saw it again today and it all just come flooding back, mate. It was like the goals, like the first 20 minutes of that game were just mental. One minute we're 1-0 down, then five minutes later we're 2-1 up and then we're 3-2 down and obviously we, we, we get another one with Lorente's dodgy... Um, whether it hit his hand or not, or it was hip. Fantastic hip goal. Yeah. Great uh, hip goal I've ever seen. Um, and then, yeah, Ericsson turns into the luckiest man on the planet with the, the dodgy pass. It hits, a, it goes through to Aguero and he's offside. And just going from thinking you're out to being through in a split second, I don't think I'll ever feel that again. Like you can have... Any other, like you can have the comeback in Amsterdam, which was wonderful. And I know we had a shorter period of time to kind of come back um, from what was free down at half time. But the city game was just something else. Like you just, you could just feel 
that day it was your day. Um, I think they hit the post as well. And but had so many chances. Even in the first leg, we beat them one 0 and Aguero missed a penalty. And it's like going into this, going into the um, the second game, we just shouldn't shouldn't have really got through. But yeah, it was just so exciting. Um, so yeah, unfortunately, I have gone really obvious, but. For me, I just couldn't think of a, a game that got me. I mean, I was on the end of my bed um, screaming at the telly for probably the last four, five, six minutes. And it went from like jubilation to like nearly in tears to I can't believe we're through. And like all the emotion that you see on a touchline is what everyone kind of felt it was associated to Tottenham. So, mm. so yeah, that's my one. It's the closest I've been to a heart attack, I think, in my yeah. life. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think we were all kind of on the edge where if we'd have gone out, we'd have been like, oh, typical Spursy. But because VAR kind of stepped in and we we're like, oh my God, we're actually through. Like, I can't, like, how have we, how have we got through this? And I remember saying to Josh actually at the time on the way to the finals, I said I felt that Tottenham had an easier journey to the final um, because I thought we could beat Man City and then. Um, the, I, I think Ajax were already there when we were discussing it. Or I think they'd taken a lead into the second leg. And I'd, I'd already kind of in my head, like, I've said that to Josh because I expect to go out. Like, we've got an easier run, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, trying to lay it up a little bit. Um, so that's the balls up, though, <laughs> which yeah. is just common. But that second game was just, from minute one to minute 90, it was just electric football. Like, never, non-stop. Like, you've seen... The Glenn Hoddle, the Rio Ferdinand, and the, and the Gary Lineker clips of how they were acting in the studio. And it's like, it was mm. just incredible. I suppose even Spurs fans would have probably got a bit of a tingle out of it. And for me, yeah, that's unfortunately, yeah, like I say, that's why I've had to go. Um, whilst it's obvious, how were you? I did have other games to choose from. I did have other games to choose from, but I just fancied just reliving that because I only relived it like three hours ago. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So when, when Sterling scores in the fourth minute, how do you feel? Oh, mate, I mean, you know when you think... You know what, I just assumed, I thought that would be it now. I thought, this could be 3 4 5 nil. And then well, Sonic... You felt the same as I did, Bill, when Jesus scored in like the fifth minute. Yeah, yeah. You, just think, you just think, well, we had a, we had a go. <laughs> Four minutes, it's all over. But I think, you know, I think the, the difference between that, Josh, mate, sorry, is, is that Spurs were only one up and... City immediately back in it when Sterling scores. So, mm-hmm. um, Sonny's second it, goal. In it's that kind game of different is... in terms of shitting yourself. Yeah. Because um, City are back in it. I, you know, but then Human Scon scored. He, he, he scored in the seventh and the tenth. Yeah, the I mean, second so, goal is obscene. Ten minutes. Like, we're like, well, we're three one up now. That's it. We'll, we'll go through here. You know, and like, then Silver a minute later. Those emotions in like five, ten minutes and you're like, one minute you're up, one minute you're down. And that's the, the weirdest 90 minutes of football, mm. or the weirdest 85 minutes of football, really. Because after the one all, you just, you just think, oh, here we go. It's going to be one of them days. But as soon as Son puts you 2-1 up, you're like, well, hang on a minute. They need, they need to score a few goals here. And then mm. yeah, you, they do. <laughs> you're like, oh, my God, here we go. Malsey, you, you, you talk about City wasted opportunities. Again, they, they dominated the ball. More passes, more pass accuracy. I'm not really a one for a stat, but I am at an, at an end of the game. They are they are good to look at. Um, you don't like stats, girls. You hide it. Well, no, yeah. I mean, when you look at it, you you do. You, 
you do think that they are they do actually mean nothing. This is I just wanted to prove that stats actually don't mean anything when, when you pull it up about a player or a club or a match, but they are good to talk about. Um and teams do waste opportunities. I mean they had more of the ball, they had more shots, they had one shot more on target than, than Tottenham. And they they are you know, at the end of the day they lost, you know. I mean, you could want to talk about VAR as well. I mean, I think did it did it count? Would you say? Well, it done us a favour. I mean, and this is where I don't really like VAR, but when mm. things like that happen, it's you just you're like it's it's good because it's correct, but it's so bad for football, isn't it? Like just mm. just millimeters, like literally like centimeter tops of yeah. hitting someone's knee and being through and like Sterling's by the way Sterling's composure to then take the ball in and sit down Toby and slot it in is just incredible and you're like and that's the level he's at like as a player Sterling but you just think like, what was that um what was the VAR weight like mate but that was awful weight, like, to be honest yeah. mate, we didn't sit we, and I think Miles will back me up here we we were we were so down that you don't really realise that the VAR is taking place, and then all of a sudden you see his 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 ear, and then his hands in the air, and you're like, hang on a minute, something's happened. What and was that? Yeah. Mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah. caught so I caught up on it today on the BT, and um, they had that Champions League program on covering that season, and even the commentators didn't realise it until someone is telling them in their ear that they're going yeah, to VAR. We need to tell hmm. people going to VAR because the commentators, like goes, Bill, like everyone else, is all caught up in the moment, and it's yeah. someone in the ear saying, "Mate, my, head, my head's in my hands." You know, my head's in my hands. I'm not. I'm. Same. I was slumped. I slumped into my chair at that point. I was like, "Well, that's it. That's done." Like, Marzi, I text you saying, "Oh my god, you fucked it." Yeah, and then Lizzie Trevor, I texted back, and I was like. Oh my god, what on earth has just happened? Yeah. Like, I'll put it this way, right? I mean, the VAR, that, that decision is entirely correct because obviously Sterling is offside because the ball touches Aguero. Very luckily, may I add. The Lorente VAR decision is a little bit more questionable, but I've certainly seen worse VAR decisions given or not given this season than in that game specifically. I think yeah. that's a fair comment. And I actually think, Marcy, that. If it wasn't for VAR, that game might have been slightly different. Like, we might not have had the raw emotions that we felt. Not just in the last 10 minutes, but throughout, you know. Because every goal's checked, and it was very early, wasn't it, in the VAR, mm -hmm. at the start of VAR. So we kind of, we all kind of got caught up in the moment. And like I say, I've got my head in my hands. And then you kind of, you switch back on, and you're like, hang on, everything's checked by VAR. Less. And then, you, obviously, it's a free kick, and, and we go on to win and I blow the whistle and it's great but mm. yeah, like I say sorry to be obvious but I mean I just couldn't I can't think of a game where I've ever felt so up and so down in that 85-90 mm. minute spell I think um, I don't disagree on that mate that was a, that was a cracking game um, Bill if you're done mate we're going to yeah. move on to Ben patiently waiting there mate um, your greatest game as a neutral mate or um, it's <laughs> It's quite hard to keep it in house with Arsenal, but um, <laughs> your 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 greatest game, mate. Yeah, I, I mean, no surprise, you know, I mentioned it there. I've, I've obviously gone for a game in house. I think, you know, we covered. I agreed with yours there earlier. As a neutral, I think that game is is just top class. It was was an absolute thriller. So, um, but you know, my my personal one, um, take you guys back to sort of the 0304 season, Arsenal versus Inter Milan. 
Um, what what a game that was! Uh, five one, I was was the end scoring, but um, you know just how we got there, I think was was what it made so thrilling. Um, Omri sort of opened up the score score scoring first with a, a sort of side foot into the net, um, and then he goes on to sort of uh, assist Freddie Lundberg for, for the second goal, um, for sort of a two one lead in, into half time. Um, it was a uh, a really sort of solid game from there, really. But it, the r- real sort of excitement came right right at the end um, when we sort of sort of thought you know, it was all sort of tied up in the bag at two one. Um, Henri, Edu, and Pires went on to score three goals in the last ten minutes. I think it was something like that, and yeah. it was just just absolute scenes. Um, yeah. You know, something that we, we expected to be sort of a a nail biting game game that we were potentially going to lose. Being completely honest. Well, you were three 0 um, down, weren't you? Yeah, I was going to say three 0 down. Yeah, wrong, but I'm pretty sure you were three 0 down. No, no, exa- exactly that. Um, uh, so yeah, going into that with the, the we're going to lose to to absolutely turn it around like that. I think you know you mentioned it a moment oh. ago that that sort of feeling that you get when when you know you switch from oh we're out to hold on we're, we're coming through here. I mean that's yeah. exactly what it was. Obafemi Martins scored in that first game. For Inter Milan, <laughs> Andy, Andy, Andy van der Meda and Julio Cruz. I mean, we're going way back here. Mm. Andy van der Meda, Jesus, wasn't he at Everton at one point? Yeah, 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 he was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think you know, um, Ashley Cole even even came out and said like the only performance he can compare that with was the England's five-one in Munich. Um, which obviously is a, is a, is a massive achievement for, for an international stage, but he then sort of caveated that, but said that that was better. That that defeat against Milan was was a better feeling for him. Um, in an interview, so um, that just sort of, you know, caveats that those sort of emotions that everyone's feeling at the time because it was just so unexpected, so unexpected. Yeah, I, I guess I guess you're in the same boat as as probably Josh here in terms of comebacks. But with the team you had here, with that invincible side there, um, are you writing them off at the time, or are you are you writing them off because you're three nil down and you're going to Italy? Yeah, three, three nil down on, on your away turf. I think that's when you sort of have to, you know, I agree with what you're saying there, Kels. We did have a, mm-hmm. a phenom- phenomenal squad then. Um, mm. You know, it was a, a Premier League winning squad. Um, yeah. So uh, you know that's all, all, all credit to that, but three 0 down to Italy. I think even the even the bravest, you know, find find that yeah. a tough nut to swallow. And yeah. to, you know, we're talking about those comebacks. It takes a real hunger and drive and a, a credit to the team, which is what re- makes it one of the greatest moments in my opinion. I, I do remember that Omri goal. It was a solo goal, wasn't it? It just went on his own for a little bit, and then he cushioned that, that- it in. That was the um, second one. Yeah, yeah, he, he absolutely took, took the mickey with that one, I think. Yeah. He, he sort of beat him, didn't he? He was go, going up the pitch and then yeah. um, he pulls the ball back just as looking square in the eyes to beat him again and put, mm. it in, put it in the net. And it's just, just the gojones on that man. Yeah, uh, mate. And Pires with the last goal. Um, but I also actually really, really weirdly, I actually remember Edu's goal. Um, I'm just reminding myself of the scorers here. And yeah. just little clips to the side as well. And I do remember this game. Um, I mean, for me, if I'm a fan, especially especially in the Champions League, if, if I'm, I would be writing my own team off. I would. 
you know, that, that Inter Milan side as well, they had a bit about them. Um, you know, they had the Maseratis and, and Maseratis and the Zanettis and, and of that era. So, um, and you are going to the San Siro as well. So if we want to talk about atmospheres and, and pressure of Champions League nights, I think no matter how good your side is, you're up against it there, aren't you? And to win 5-1, that is, that is mental. I think it was Zanetti that Henri beat for that second goal as well, which just, again, mm. makes it that much more yeah, impressive. They, they were no joke, that Inter Milan team, either. They were no, no. joke. Well, I mean, that's um, 3-0 the first time round. As you said, we had a Premier League winning squad, and that was on our home turf. So, you know, yeah. it wasn't, wasn't something you, you were taking lightly as a, as a fan, of course. Yeah. Um, Lou, do, do you have any rec- um, um, remembrance of this game? or? <laughs> um... No, mate. To be honest, uh, I was, I was uh, six. I wasn't even six. I was five, I think, when that game was about. Um, I've I've seen the highlights and I've seen the highlight reels, especially from Henri's goal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. In terms of the game being live itself, I don't have much recognition of it. That probably put me to bed by that time. Yeah. In terms of comebacks, though, that that is phenomenal, though, isn't it? Oh five, yeah, it's ridiculous, mate. So yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's like like Ben said, especially with the audacity to be behind and for Omri to, especially to beat someone and stop and go and beat someone again and then mm. and, and still score. It's like, it's, it's another sort of one of them things where we're not the Barcelona stage where they're not worried. You know, they're still going to play their football and and still make a, make a game of it. They're not going to throw, the, yeah. throw the whole kitchen sink at it. Yeah, and you were no jokers at the time. Either so, I guess no. I guess there probably is a bit of added confidence going into that second game. Um, oh, maybe maybe a lot like Barcelona. Maybe, maybe mm. they weren't worried going back to the new camp because they they trusted themselves to sort of pull through. So um, Ben, I mm. think that's a great one in terms of comebacks, mate. I mean that is a proper comeback when you're five one. I mean that's just that's that's well, no joke right. for me, mate. Yeah, great times. That'd be, that'd be well up for me if I was an Arsenal fan. Um, who are we on to next? Who are we on? Calvin. We're on to you. Are you eating a frube? No, mate, it's an ice pop. All right, mate. Do you want me to move on? Or are you ready um, to Mate, ready we, to we've go? done one. Yeah, he picked the same as oh, you. Yeah. Yours. All right, okay. Malsy um, next. Malsy, we'll go... No, uh, no, yes, no, it's Lewis next, because I'm just doing it how we can how I can see people, so... I was um, the same as you, lad. Of course you fucking way. Fantastic. Jesus <laughs> Christ. I'm doing well. Hey, why did you all have to pick that Barcelona game, you fucking... Kells, get another beer down you, mate. Yeah, come on, mate. Good lad. It's got all these Peronis. So okay, let's, let's restart. Let's, let's do I'm a Barcelona. Let's just, calm, let's just calm down a minute. Um, Milesy, we'll go with you, mate. Your, great, your greatest game. Please don't fucking be that same top right. game. No, it's not that same Tottenham game. I, I well, I actually had three Spurs games written. Um, <laughs> you can only choose one. one. Fucking, we're not here all night, mate. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> well, my 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 non-Tottenham game was the Barcelona PSG one, but that's been. Can covered. I can I just um say something quickly? Can you not shout down a mic like that again, Josh? Please, because that was a bit rude. Well, have you got earphones in? Did it blow your head up? Yeah, mate. That was that was very rude of you. To be fair, mate. Got a big didn't catch there, Milesy. Got a big catch not, there, mate. Didn't, yeah, didn't like that. <laughs> Bit of a new blue, but um, my ears yeah, are so bleeding. The not Tottenham one was Barcelona PSG. Um, 
one actually this is hilarious my 18th birthday right and this isn't my game this is one that i think benny should have picked up on um 16th of february 2011 arsenal versus barcelona the emergence of jack wilshire now i'm not going to talk any more about that game but that was definitely one of arsenal's best wins in the champions league i would say um but the actual game outside of the obvious ajax choice and the obvious city choice um it was actually back in 2017 when we were playing in Wembley. Uh, obviously, you know, we, it was the season after. Um, oh, it's even. Yeah, I think it was the season after we sort of moved out of White Hart Lane, and um, we had Real Madrid, Borussia Dortmund, and Apoel Nicosia in our Champions League group. Uh, now this season we actually finished top of that group above Madrid, who were the reigning European champions, and Dortmund, who were a serious side. Um, we actually beat them 3-1 with, uh, with Dele Alli getting two goals and uh, with uh, Ericsson getting the other one and Ronaldo scoring in the 80th minute to, to make it not a 3-0 drubbing. Um, that was when I think we, we kind of announced ourselves a little bit as a team that could potentially put the cat amongst the pigeons in, in certain areas. Um, you know, Dele Alli at that time was like his second season at Spurs, was just, you know, everything he, he touched turned to gold at, at that time. And I think turning up in a game of, of that calibre, especially at you know, England's National Stadium, um, really sort of spoke volumes to, to him as a player. He also had Harry Winks um, just sort of emerging, who had to deal with Tony Kroos and Luka Modric, uh, two, of course, of you know, two of arguably the best centre mids that have played the game uh, of, of recent times. So I think that 3-1 would be the, the, the choice for me outside of the obvious second leg against Ajax and second leg against City. Mm. Bill, do you agree with that, mate? Uh, yeah, I was kind of hoping he was going to go with... I had uh, the Real Madrid game as my second choice in case he went with the City game. Um, and mainly because... Uh, the game, like they, they had already won the Champions League two times. Then we get them in a group, and like he says, we finished top of the group, and we completely outclassed them. Um, and they actually went on to win the Champions League for a third time after that defeat. Maybe it was the beginning of the end for them. Um, but yeah, I mean, for, for what it is, I mean, you, you're, you're beating the best team in Europe for the last few years. Um, not many people did that. So, yeah, I mean, I, I completely go with it. I, I also just want to touch on uh, like uh, Ben's one as well about the the Inter Milan one because um, Bale had his kind of breakthrough against Inter Milan and that was quite close. Um, although we lost four three and then we beat him three one at the lane, uh, Mykon was the best right back in the world at the time and Bale tore him to pieces and we also demolished him. Uh, we also beat Milan AC Milan one nil at San Siro over Crouchy. Um, we drew nil nil back at the lane. Uh, you remember uh, Joe Jordan and Gattuso having their little <laughs> to do. Um, so they're kind of like games that stand out. But I'm really glad he picked the the Real Madrid one um, because that was either the emergence of what Tottenham were to become, or potentially the downfall to show that Real Madrid could be beaten uh, quite easily as well, wasn't it, Marcy? I mean, they didn't really they didn't really do much, and I, I just remember Ronaldo scoring in the 80th minute, and I was like, oh, hang on. <laughs> maybe uh, maybe we haven't seen this through, but the two goals from Delhi and, and Ericsson uh, and Ericsson nicking one was, yeah, I mean, it's kind of what you want as a fan to beat teams like that. 
Mm. We have Moussa Dembele. I miss that man so yeah, much. My team. Mm. Definitely one of Tottenham's um, best games in the group stage, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I would say the best, to be honest. Mm. I mean, we're not um, we're not formidable in groups, are we? I know that's what of... that's what I'm, that's what I was trying to say because I, yeah, was, I mean, remembered... we have struggled in groups like notoriously. Um, we don't we don't seem to pull our finger out till game week three or four, and and sometimes I suppose it should cost you a lot more than it does, but. Yeah, for a team like us, uh, not necessarily new to the Champions League, but we're not we're not absolute stalwarts, are we? We're not there. Mm. We haven't been there for twenty years, and we haven't been getting semi-finals and stuff. And another good one. Um, sorry, it's just, no, it's just popped into my head now. <laughs> um, the I'm not sure if it was that year. I think it was the year after, possibly um, when. We were facing Dortmund, who were the league leaders in the round, well, the last 16, and everyone had written us off in that game. And it was like, yeah, you know, Dortmund are going to run away with it. They've been by far and large the best team in Germany this year, better than even Bayern. You know, Spurs have been hot and cold. And uh, if you remember, Vertonghen played left wing back. Oh, mate. In that game. Christ. And had probably the best game he's ever had in, in a Spurs shirt. I think the best wingback performance I've seen for a long time. Yeah, it was it was mental. I remember speaking to you, Josh, about that the day after, and you said like that he just absolutely dominated it down 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 the left wing there. Yeah, and he mm. had no right to because he's got the pace of a dead turtle. <laughs> that, yeah, that's never going to change. <laughs> no, but his ball to Sonny was just pinpointing it. Yeah, like that, that game, I was one of those guys that wrote you off. I was like, you just, I don't think you've got what it takes to get past Dortmund. They're just firing on all cylinders. And for the, for the first half, you got absolutely pumped. And Hugo Lloris like, had one of the games of his career and kept you in it in the second half. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Lloris made some great saves in that game. Yeah. Yeah, he did. And he also, in the Man City game, I remember being at work with all you, Mars, he saved the penalty in the first <laughs> leg, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, it's one of those times where, like, if, if it, any one of those moments, Lloris doesn't pull a worldie out, it's a different game. And, yeah. But, yeah, that second-half performance against you boys against Dortmund was just perfection in terms of the football match. Mm. So now I, like how, I like how you've kept it in-house as well, because, like, you have got some good games, you Spurs, lot, haven't you? Yeah, and it's, do you know what? And it's, you've got to kind of grab hold of them games because we, like, I was, I know I mentioned it earlier, but we are, me and Maldi are like lifetime sufferers where, like, finishing 11th is finishing top of the bottom half. And that was quality for us. Like, as long as we, we did okay, that's all you could expect. You know, like, for teams like, for, for teams like Tottenham, say, 10 to 15 years ago, you'd get your cup win against your Man United or your Chelsea or your Arsenal or your Liverpool. And that'd be the highlight of your season. You'd finish you'd finish tenth, but you'd you get to a semi final of a league cup and win over two legs and it's like but they were the highlights. But now the highlights are, you know, like the albeit a defeat, but you get through against your Man Cities and, and a victory against European champions at the time. And yeah, it's just times change and with that come the better memories. So, like I say, you could go with the AC Milan or the Inter Milan from 2011, but we're now eight, nine years later, and the games have changed, and and the emotion towards the games has changed. So, 
So yeah, that's like I say, that's why I went. For, I've went for the City game personally, and obviously Miles he's gone for a fairly recent game as well. Mm. I'm not going to. I mean, I could ask the the two Arsenal boys and Calvin being Chelsea, but I mean, it's another Tottenham game, isn't it, lads? We don't really want to. I mean, Ben's scratching his head, thinking, Jesus Christ, they are. <laughs> Um, Do you know what? I, I remember sort of mugging myself off that day um, <laughs> and just saying to Malzi, you know, gutted, ah, bye-bye. You know, I think we, we had a bit of a, a notorious thing of, of sending like the Deli Ali gif in training where he's like, oh, waving, <laughs> you know, all of that. And, and then so for them to, to sort of do what they did, yeah, left me sort of uh, with my jaw, jaw hanging low and, and you know, yeah, yeah, mug myself off. <laughs> yeah. um, if we if we're good to move on, then lads, that's another good one for in, an in-house and in, the in-house side of things being Tottenham again, Marzi. Um If we're all good to move on, I actually want to go first again because I've got a, I've got a worldie here. Um, best individual performance, right? That's the next bit, yeah. Yeah. Oh, we're doing a worst. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you can do you, you can do it in whatever order you want, Kels. Um, but yeah, keep bearing in mind, take long anyway, because no one wants to talk about their worst game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but just in the just in the uh, consciousness of time, we've been forty minutes doing one subject. So we're not going to get to do all five tonight, I don't think. So just pick pick whatever you want. Yeah, let's go with that then. Oh, uh, mate, yeah, I'll, mate. Okay, so I've picked um, Robin Lewandowski's four goals against Real Madrid in twenty thirteen. Um, I think it is one of the best um, centre-forward displays I've ever seen. Um, even better, it was under uh, under Real Madrid side with um, Jose Mourinho managing as well. Um, it was Madrid's sixth consecutive defeat in Germany as well. It had Jurgen Klopp at the helm as well. And I just loved it, mate, because um, you're raising your eyebrow there, Josh. Yeah, it's because for some reason I forgot that Lewandowski played for Dortmund, mate. I was thinking they're going Klopp. Yeah, for for a split second there, mate, I completely forgot he played for Dortmund. Wow, Klopp, you don't care. I I mean, anyway, I just think I just think in in terms of individual displays, I think to score four goals against Real Madrid, I think it was um, uh, um, not long after the announcement of they were going to lose Mario Goetze as well, Um, and I just think. Dortmund are a lovely club as well, and I think um, they 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 certainly deserve a striker in Lewandowski. And I think um, I mean he's no joke, is he? It's four goals against Real Madrid in the Champions League. For me, I'm not going to really talk too much on it, but for me, that that is the best individual display for me. Um, Absolutely absurd, and I, I actually had the same girls. I think mm. the fact that it was was under a, a Dortmund you know team. To, to sh- sort of shoulder those those four goals against uh, Jose Real Madrid is is no small feat, as you say, um, mm. and and for that reason, you know, I, I really couldn't think of a, a better better performance outsider. You know, you mm. know Cristiano Ronaldo hat tricks, um, mm. and uh, you know keep put, taking one personal back for me, Thierry on me when he won the Golden Boot back in sort of 0304 season again, um, around that Inter Milan time era that we, we were talking about earlier. Um, I think that really is probably the most standout performance for a, a single player in, in Champions League's history for me. Yeah, I mean, I think I think in that same year, he, he scored four goals for Poland, I think. I think it was that. I'm not too sure. I might be completely wrong. But 
Uh, he's got announced for scoring more than three in a game, Lewandowski. And I think uh, um, you see him now at Bayern. There's a reason why he got pinched um, because he just adds goals. I mean, he, he's, he, he hasn't got much pace, but he's just, it's a lot like Haaland, you know, in terms of he'll get a chance and he'll score. I mean, there's a lot of strikers like it nowadays, but I think Lewandowski was talked about for absolutely years that year. I mean, when's his move? Is he going to come to England, Man United? For example, we talked about getting him. Um, everyone wanted him at that time as well. And it's just no joke to score four against Real Madrid. So I think, um, I think I'm going to finish on that one. Um, as you said, Josh, we're, we're cutting for time, which is a shame because, um, uh, again, uh, unfortunately, these sort of podcasts, we might have to run over a bit. So I'm going to challenge you on that. Can we go a little bit further for these lads or... Yeah, I'm not saying to end it now. I'm just, I'm just saying, given the fact that we spent 45 minutes on one topic, <laughs> we've got five to cover. I don't think anyone wants to listen to this for three hours. But yeah, move on to the next person's <laughs> individual performance, mate. Go for it. All right, Josh, we'll start with you then, mate. Okay, so I left that one ambiguous. Um, so, Kels, you, it's a great example there. You've picked one individual performance in one game, whereas my example was over an entire Champions League campaign. And I've gone for a player who performed throughout the whole length of the campaign. Now. I mentioned in the group chat earlier, Ronaldo, in the year that they beat us, he got 15 goals. That's fantastic. But I've done a bit more digging. And I think, you know, everyone gets credited for scoring goals. But there's one incredible statistic um, that even as a Liverpool fan, I'm guilty of, of, of it slipping my mind. And the one I've chosen is in the season where we lost to Real Madrid in the final, James Milner broke the record for most assists in a Champions League campaign. He got nine, which for me, 32-year-old James Milner, Getting breaking a Champions League record like that, you know, you you if you're going to sit there and say, you know, oh, someone this year is going to break the record for most assists, you're going to sit there and think, oh, Kevin De Bruyne or David Silva or players of that caliber, you're not you're not gonna you're not gonna sit there and say, oh, James Milner will do that. So I've actually gone for James Milner's season where we lost to Real Madrid in the final, but he broke the record for for most assists in a single campaign. Um, that's the one I went for, and I was. I was tossing and turning between that and also Bobby Firmino in the same season with 18 goal involvements with 10 goals and eight assists, which is also fantastic for a striker that's often criticised for his lack of involvement in front of the goal. Um, so I went for James Milner because I think that was the most surprising of the two. And I've again, I've been guilty of keeping it in in-house. But just to give you one outside of, of Liverpool, I, if I was thinking one one game, I would have gone for Cristiano Ronaldo against, against Atletico Madrid when they were, I think, trailing 2-0 from the first leg and he scored a hat-trick for, for Juve. And they won 3-2, I think it was. Um, and he, I remember him after the Atletico game saying to the Atletico fans, I've won this cup five times, you've never won it. Wait until the second leg. And he just turns up and scores a hat-trick. It's mental. Mm. So, yeah, they're the ones that I was uh, debating with. But I went for James Milner. Okay, Bill, best individual, you're muted. Sorry. Yeah, sorry, mate. Um, I went for um, Erling Haaland this year, mate. Um, the bloke's just an absolute machine. Um, he's got eight goals in six games for Salzburg, um, two in two for Dortmund. Unfortunately, he's not going to be able to get any more on that because they've been knocked out by PSG, if it ever continues. Um, but the guy has just exploded from nowhere. Um, and nobody, nobody's really done what he's done in terms of 
goals since Rooney burst on the scene against Fenerbahce on his Champions League debut when he got a hat-trick. Um, Haaland got four goals versus Genk in a group stage, three goals versus Napoli and a goal against Liverpool for Salzburg, which is that's unbelievable. I mean, Salzburg are, are absolute toilet. They're a team that probably shouldn't be in the Champions League. So, yeah. Um, for me, yeah, just as a kind of a more of a season performer, more of a breakout season performer. Um, yeah, we haven't seen anyone like him since Rooney. So, yeah, for me, he's, uh, he's right up there. Lou, you've got your hand up there, mate. Yeah, no, I'm just um, question to Bill, really. Do you, and probably to everyone, to be fair. I mean, obviously, we can't deny, can't fault obviously Haaland for what he's done this season. It's been been great, but do we see him doing it again? Is he just a one season wonder, young kid bursting on the scene, or what, what do we think? Uh, I don't think it would be. I don't think it would be right for us to label him. A, you know, I don't want to say a one season one because he's only been around for one season. Well, yeah. It kind of it kind of feels a bit silly to to say he'll never do it again. You know, like a one season wonder can be a twenty five year old who has one great season and then you're like, will he do it again? But this guy, yeah. he, he's so young. I mean, Dortmund mm. oh, was the right move for him, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say that. I was going to say, had he gone to someone like United or a team that would just chuck money at him and he took the mercenary move, I'd be probably having the share in the same opinion as Lou. But I think going to Dortmund, which is a club that is known for its development of players, as well as the ability the players have when they leave, I think he's chosen the right choice. And I think he's got everything, really he's, got everything there. He, he's got everything there to be a great centre forward. Just so a quick... I, Sorry, just mate, a quick just, one on yeah. uh, on Haaland, just to move away, not move away from Champions League, but still not being a one-season wonder. Um, he has scored 10-plus goals in three competitions this season. That's obviously the uh, Australian... Uh, Australian... Austrian... Uh, <laughs> Austra- Austrian... Um, Great, league, Champions League and a Bundesliga. He's the first teenager to score 10 Champions League goals in a single campaign. In Bepak... Mbappe has done that, but he did it over two seasons, not one. And he's the quickest, and Haaland's 10 Champions League goals in seven games makes him the quickest player to reach double figures in the competition's history. Uh, And that's what I'm saying. I mean, talk about someone bursting on a scene or leaving their mark or leaving, like, giving you all a memory. Like, we watched this, we watched this kid play. By the way, he's had two international caps, four international caps and not scored. So maybe Lou's got a point. Um, maybe he is rubbish. <laughs> no, no, I, don't, I wouldn't say. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I say, he's had an outstanding season. But again, obviously, he got injured during the Munich game uh, the other day. Yeah, true. So it'd yeah. be good to see. Good to see how he copes and sort of the recovery from that. And if, he, if he, comes a, back. he did have a good chance inside twenty seconds. So yeah, well, that is true. Yeah. So uh, sorry, Bill. Just a quick one as well. Um, I don't know how up to like this stat is, mind you, but Haaland's. Uh, has as many Champions League goals this season as Barcelona. With 10. Wow. I don't know how out of date this stat is, by the way. I've just got this stat online, so I haven't done my proper research. But if that is the case, that is unbelievable. I don't care if that's out of date. That's a great stat. Yeah, because yeah, at, some po- at some point that would have been true. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, because he scored three in his first game. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. So at some point he scored more than Barcelona. So just throw it out there, Cap. Fuck it. <laughs> I just, honestly, I just, I just don't remember a guy who, yeah, he gets a bit of criticism for being a little bit robotic and very like media trained and whatnot. But I don't remember a guy who is just such a raw talent since Rooney, and he mm. didn't have a bad career. So. Mate, it's someone who loves to play football. You can tell that he's not used to media. He doesn't do all that because at the end of the day, he just wants to play football. He doesn't care yeah, about anything else. Have you seen his match day? His after-game interviews? <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. so funny. He <laughs> <laughs> just answers the questions, doesn't he, Kels? Yeah. yeah. How do you feel? The, like, the, the reporter... <laughs> the, report, the, the, reporter <laughs> the reporter went, why did you celebrate in front of... Um, like, at the end of the game, in front of no fans? He goes... Why not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really like it. I like him. I think he just doesn't give a fuck. I love it. I love it. Um, ben, we'll move on to you, mate. Best individual performance. Uh, was the same as yours, Kels. Fuck's sake. Okay. Um, <laughs> Lou, you're out of this one. Uh, Calvin, and we haven't heard much from you, mate. Um, your best. <laughs> Your I think Calvin's got the same as Bill. Jesus Christ, lads. <laughs> this is amazing. Okay. Um, is, that Stella's good, isn't it, Kels? M- Malsy? Yeah, I have... Uh, lost my train of thought. No, oh, I have a couple of ones. So, you touched it earlier. I touched on it earlier, Bill. Um, obviously, Bale's breakout game against Inter Milan, just, it was absolutely outrageous. 4-0 at half-time. I thought, we, yeah, we're probably going to lose this match. Well, and down to 10 men. Yeah, Gomez got sent off. Christ, Ferelio Gomez, what a bloody liability. Um, and then Bale, just out of nowhere, scores three carbon copy goals. And you think, after the first time, Mykon should be wising up to it. But he's just demolished him. Um, you know, absolutely embarrassed him. Uh, and it's just, you know, that really sort of propelled him. And that was when he said, right, I'm here. You know, and I'm going into the upper echelons of, of, uh, of as a player. Um, I wanted to mention as well, quick shout out, similar to the um, stat about Haaland, Haaland getting to double figures in the Champions League, the quickest, obviously, in seven games. Um, Kane, earlier this season, actually broke Del Piero's record um, of quickest to 20 goals. Um, so Kane has scored 20... Champions League goals in 24 appearances, which is actually pretty mental. Do you remember you Del Piero, though? Christ, what a player he was. Yeah, he was this cool. is so clubby, isn't it? It's so club. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So I can't fucking... help you. Jesus Christ. I'd love to be able to talk about all these players one day, but I don't know whether Ollie Watkins will score Champions League goals. So, um, <laughs> uh, anyway, um, I think... That's it. No more for me. Yeah, no more. I don't want to talk about Harry Kane or fucking Ajax or you know, comebacks and <laughs> shit like that. Balls of life out of me. Um, anyway, um, Calv, I'm going to jump straight to you, mate, and I'm going to move on to this. Um, I'm just going to pick a random one out of the segments. Um, Milesy, mate, I'm only joking, by the way. I don't want to. I don't want to hurt anyone. I think you should fight him. I think I, should, I think I should apologise because that was fucking horrible to me. Calv, <laughs> um, um, you're the best team not to win it in this century. There was an argument today about centuries and this, that. So your fave team to win it that didn't win it in that century or the best team that won it or didn't win it in that century. 
Just to, clear, just to clear up any confusion before we go, by this century, we mean from the year 2000 onwards. So it's not the last 100 years, it's this century. From 2000 to today. So, Cal, take it away, mate. Cool. So I went out the box here and did the team to never win it at any point in their entire existence because I couldn't be bothered to mention a team that had won it maybe in like the 80s. So I have gone for Palmer. Um, reason why I've gone for Palmer is a lot of people are looking at me going, what the hell? How on earth am I meant to talk about Palmer when I weren't even alive? <laughs> <laughs> That's where Buffon was, wasn't he? Buffon was playing there. Exactly. Right the so Palmer... I'm going to have to get Google up. I'm going to get Google So Palmer, obviously, uh, in recent years, have obviously... Uh, now back in Syria at A, but they got relegated to Syria D due to financial troubles. But before that, they were probably one of the best Italian teams going. Um, I would probably say, as like an all-time Italian team, they're probably full from the list. I think the only team above them that have done better in the in um, in Syria A in domestic cups and European football. I'm not talking about Champions League. I'm talking about the old UEFA Cup. Europa, obviously, they've never been Europa League, the Cup Winners' Cup, things like that. They're probably full from the list. The only teams above them would be Juventus, Inter Milan, and AC Milan. They've more, won more European trophies than Napoli, uh, Roma, um, Sampdoria. Um, as a team, they've, they have produced some of the best players in our in generation of football. Buffon, Cannavaro, uh, Zola um, came from Parma, um, Lilian Turam. Um, Veron, there's all these players that Palmer have produced, and they've, I think, one season, 98, 99 season before she went into this century, they had just won the uh, UEFA Cup uh, with a team that consisted of like Buffon, Turan, Veron, uh, Hernan Crespo. Um, you know, before Adrian, um, Adrian went to Inter, he came from Palmer. Um, Palmer produced some unbelievable players and to be honest with you they've never won it um and they should have the players that they've produced they should have at least even made it to a final or a semi-final they've made it they've made it to to none so i can see kels is falling asleep there because maybe i've brought something up that he can't speak about because it's before he was born but unfortunately mate your football knowledge can't be that great if you uh can't speak about the uh the love of palmer also, a very famous ham named after it, Palmer Ham. For the foodies out there. Can we just move straight on from that? <laughs> yeah, because I, I fear about what Kels' retaliation is going to be. What about you, Bill, mate? Straight <laughs> <laughs> on, Kels, or you want, you want in on this? I can see Kels, is do, uh, Kels doing the old fishing rod, and I'm just a bit concerned that it's going to go off. Um, I, I'm, all, I'm all ears. So was that the best team not to win, yeah? Yeah. Yes, it's supposed to be the best team not to win the Champions League. Because a lot of teams, a lot of people mentioned PSG, Ventures and things like that. I thought that was on the box. Yeah, that's fucking well, what well, I, 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 I weren't even in the womb. So, um, was I? I don't know. Well, maybe I was in the womb. I don't know, mate, to be fair. Um, maybe it's fair. Uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> God, well, I don't want to fucking talk about that. Um, anyway, um, my—I I mean, I would say my team. Was it my team, lads? 
Yeah, go cool. for it, mate. Oh, um, Is it the I same like as I... cows? Nah, <laughs> 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 Satsu Santorio in 46, was that right? 1945. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel I've been really asked you there, cows, mate. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, mate. It's all right, mate. I, I kind what? of, I was talking and you probably, I look at me going, oh, no, I was just, I don't we remember Palmer no, no, no. being in Syria. I was so. taking it in. I do remember when they got um, went down to the lowest of Syria, Syria D, because um, I've actually yeah, done. Mate, that's uh, only three years ago. I've actually done a football manager on them, mate. So, <laughs> you know, you know, I've, um, you know, I've got my knowledge up there, mate, as you mentioned as well. So, um, the best team not to win it for me um, was Atletico Madrid in 20, 2013. 2013-14 season. Um, that wasn't. Fuck's sake. Um, moving on. Um, they lost to Madrid, didn't they? Yes, it was, Malzi. Thank you for saving me. Um, uh, on the, they won La Liga that season as well. Um, two years later, they made the same final after losing it. Um, basically, I just like Simeone because I think he's an arsehole. And um, Atletico because they kick everyone. Anyway, moving on. Um, Josh, uh, we haven't done you, have we? Have we done you? No, you haven't. And I've gone for what might be an obvious shout. Actually, actually, um, actually, 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 Lewis Francis, we haven't heard from you at all, mate, to be fair. And I, I, I feel like we've left you out. Mate, it's, it's A-OK. It's no problems with that at all. We um, too many bevies. So yeah. this, but, but, okay, well, do, are we allowed to do, are we allowed to come on to you, mate? Are we... Yeah, of course we can, mate. Of course we okay, can. Mate. Your best team um, not to win. Yeah, so I um, sorry, Josh. Put mine, in, put mine in the chat earlier. Um, just over the years of the teams I've had, um, etc. But I wanted to I've done a bit of research beforehand and sort of one standout team that that I missed that I missed off clearly. Which, to be fair, might, a couple of people might have as well. But um, it'd be the sixteen seventeen season, Monaco. Um, now they had an outstanding team uh, from the back like say you've got the likes of Fabinho Yao Moutinho Falcao um, Mendy Bakayoko uh, Glick as well obviously Mbappe Lamar so some names that you're probably seeing and hearing about now and you know they're all going going around if not still there going to sort of top clubs and I mentioned obviously in the transfers thing about the steal of Moutinho going to Wolves obviously for two mil as you know the, the, some of the players that they had then I think they were very unlucky from the sort of luck and the run they had and they they done very well not to win it um, obviously they got to the semi-finals that year but they had an outstanding season obviously challenging PSG as well well obviously they won they, they won Liga 1 that year uh, which was a shock because obviously PSG and the talent they were bringing in that year as well obviously it was just I think that was that just before they had their takeover PSG Um I can't, I can't remember exactly. I don't know if anyone else knows. Not <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry, that's... <laughs> Sorry, that's just killed me, mate. Because everyone's just like, nah, not really. That really gives a shit. Sorry, that's killed me, that. Um, Luke, question for you. <laughs> Obviously, they had a great team. They got to the semi-finals and you know, all the players um, that they did have have now moved on to bigger clubs. Do you reckon Ajax, the Ajax 
from last season are going to be in the same boat. Obviously, they lost De Ligt, they lost De Jong, they've lost mm. Dietsch to Chelsea. Are they is it is is Ajax and Monaco both kind of one season wonders in the Champions League? They're going to get all their best players picked apart, and they're going to be right down the bottom of the funnel again because Ajax it's ended up in the Europa League. Season, Ajax, Ajax great, have won the Champions League five times. Like, let's not discount them as a European force, Matt. They've won it a lot. No, no, but the point I'm making is, obviously, they had that breakthrough season with all that great talent, didn't quite make it, so all the talent was picked up by the bigger clubs around Europe. Sounds a lot like Brentford, to be fair. Ajax was my choice, by the way. That was your choice, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For those exact reasons, when you get... Delict and De Jong getting picked off seventy five million each, and mm-hmm. they've still got three or four players that are gonna go for that kind of money. So Van der Beek, Anana. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's 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 a great sort of way to look at it. Um, like I say, I think I think you are right. Obviously, you, you're gonna get when the money comes in. Like I say, money's obviously everything in football. We don't know how it's gonna play out sort of next season, but it's always been a sort of a big thing, money. And when you've got such raw talent, like you say, Mbappe left. Obviously, not long after that, and then Bernard. Well, even Bernard, I forgot to even mention Bernardo Silva. Obviously, he went to City. Um, Bakayoko obviously went to Chelsea. Mendy went to City. Fabinho to um, to Liverpool. But you got Glick, who's still there. So again, yeah, they lost, and obviously Lamar to sorry Atletico Madrid. So they lost a lot of their sort of raw talent that sort of helped them. Obviously, do so successful that league uh, that season. Obviously, they won League One that year. Um, obviously, semi-finals the. Europa, oh sorry, Champions League, uh, semi-finals in the Copa de France, uh, and runners-up uh, for the De Liga, uh, the League One trophy uh, no, cup as well. That's the question, mate. Where, did, where, how far did they get in the Champions League, mate? Uh, semi-finals. Because in two thousand and four, they got to the final, didn't they? And they lost. Yeah. So, mm. um, Monaco as a whole. How old were you in two thousand and four, by the way? I was ten. Um, I was, I was six. Yeah, six, seven. You don't, so you don't really remember it or you do remember it? or No, not really, mate, to be fair. It, in my opinion, mate, the same sort of thing happened because back then they had, a, they had a team that was like, just not necessarily well beaters, but they were decent, you know, like they had good players that played for them. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't know the ins and outs of the takeovers and stuff, um, but obviously losing to Mourinho's Porto in 2004, like it's, they had such yeah. a good team then, and then to come what, what twelve, fourteen years later, and kind of re and kind of regenerate themselves, if you like, mm. with, with the players. Um, that's a really good shout. Out. I like the Monaco shout as much as I like. Like I say, I, I had Ajax for kind of the same reason, you know, like the young quality players. It doesn't necessarily have to be from the youth academy to a point. I know some of it like. People will think that De Jong come through the youth academy at Ajax, but it was actually purchased. And uh, Zicek, who's going to Chelsea next year, he's the same. They bought him as well. Um, obviously, they got Tadic, they purchased. So it's it's kind of good that we kind of have two teams, like you've picked Monaco and I've picked Ajax, that are very similar in terms of how they operate and and yeah. they, they get good young talent and they and they kind of just roll with it. Um, mm. where, and it's decades worth, like... Yeah, exactly. You were saying about Monaco a couple of years ago, and I'm saying about Monaco 15 years ago. So, mm. um, yeah, I just kind of wanted to. Yeah, yeah no, it's, it's 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 like a almost like a rebuild and restructure. And will it will it be the same for Ajax now? Obviously, yeah. Obviously, they've won the they've they've won the Champions League before. 
uh, as Miles has said five times. But you know, losing sort of their key their, their, their key players, are they going to have to rebuild and restart that structure again in order to you know improve and be better? And will they still be challenging at that sort of level and get as far as they did? Who knows? But um, obviously, you don't see Monaco sort of getting that far now in the past few, sort of few seasons when they've lost their sort of key talent and. You know, it was a great season for them back in 2016-17. And, you know, is it going to take sort of 12, 15 years again for them to get back to that and, and start challenging again? Who knows? Hmm. Who are we moving on to next, Kels, mate? Kels. Let like Calvin have his say, shouldn't we? Because he's buzzing to talk about his beloved Spanish club. Calvin, great. Um, Deportivo, I'm guessing. Yeah, right, strap yourself in, boys. It's going to be a long yeah. one. Oh, fuck. fuck. Cut, cut him off. <laughs> <laughs> right, where do I start? Well, it's moving on from Lou and Monaco's uh, semi-final um, loss, sorry, uh, final loss in 2004, was it, Lou, when Monaco got to the final? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Bill said that. Yeah, Perfect. 2004, mate, sorry. So, uh, Deportivo got to the semi-finals that year and lost 1-0 to Porto. Um, I know we mentioned, I mentioned Parma about the greatest team not to win the Champions League, but the greatest team not to win the Champions League is Deportivo La Coruña. Now, the reason is, for one reason, one reason only, that's an unbelievable team, all right? This is a team that knocked out Juventus in the round of 16, quarter-finals, they went to the San Siro and got absolutely battered 4-1. They got battered 4-1 against the reigning European champions. And then they came to Spain, they came to the Rezar, and Deportivo absolutely smashed them. Bill's got it. 4-0. Right, this was an AC Milan side that had Nesta, Maldini... Um, had Dida, it had uh, I think it had um, Kaka, Shevchenko, like you name it. This team had this was this was a a world beating team, and they came uh, and beat Little Depot or lost to Little Depot Deportivo four nil. Um, and yeah, they were sensational. And the Deportivo now that you see, the downfall started when they lost to one nil to Porto in the Champions League final. So that's the last time they were ever in the Champions League final. And the only reason they lost to Porto is because Georges Andrade got sent off in the leg where they lost 1-0. And if, anyone, if anybody says that they lost that game uh, because they were rubbish or they got outplayed, they didn't. Deportivo were all over for Porto. And if Deportivo didn't lose to that game, we would not be speaking about Mourinho the way we would today. Because if Porto don't make it to the final the uh, Champions League and they win it, there's no special one. There's no Mourinho come to Chelsea. There's none of this. So I, I personally think Deportivo are the, one of the best teams not to win it. Just for that season. I'm not talking about um, past seasons. That was the one season where we had an unbelievable team. Uh, full of players that have been brought, uh, come from the youth system, also players that have played for other clubs and had, you know, uh, good careers. You know, people like Roy Mackay came through. Uh, we brought in people like, uh, you had Nabet, you had um, 
Uh, I can't think of the other guys' name played at the back, but you have Fran, Diego Tristan, uh, and new people remember the Premier League, Walter pa- uh, Pandini. Obviously, yeah, yeah. had some time at West Ham, was absolutely shocking, but before, and, and Birmingham as well. But before that, he was on fire in Spain. He was one of the top goal scorers in Spain. We had Tristan, who Tristan at the time was one of the best strikers in Spain. Um, was an unbelievable guy, in, a, a player in Spain, banging goals left, right, and centre. Had him, him up top as well. They had all these players that's come from the youth system. Maybe had other careers elsewhere, but coming towards the end of their career, Deportivo brought them in. It was a mix of youngsters and experienced players. I suppose it's a bit like the um, United side when they won the first Premier League, when they had like the likes of Neville Beckham, we also had likes of Cantona, Bruce. Panister. It was a bit like that, a mix of youth, a mix of experienced players. And the team was on, if you ever watch them play, I know some of you guys are looking at me going, what the hell are you talking about? What, go and watch these guys play. These guys were unbelievable. They were just, they did not care about defending. It was just, right, let's go and attack teams and see what we can do. Um, Calv? Yes, mate, sorry. Uh, you said we, mate. Amongst all that. <laughs> yeah, sorry. You said we. Uh, is that connection to Depot? Like, it's massive, isn't it? You love them. Yeah, mate. I, if you don't know, don't realise, massive fan of Depor. And uh, it comes from a simple game. Uh, before you had your football managers, there was a game on PlayStation called LMA Manager. Oh, I played that. What and that's where, that? and, you know, and you see a lot of football fans who play these games and kind of come, come attached to clubs, so to speak, through the get their way of playing the game. And that's where my love of them comes from. I played them for a couple of seasons on LMA Manager. It was about... About. No, it's interesting you mentioned about them uh, not really defending, though, because um, I, I sort of only really remember them just for the, the record that they hold, or I say probably not they hold, more Monaco holds for having beat them like 8-3 or something, being one of the highest scorers games before Dortmund-Warsaw took that over recently, was it? Uh, I, have to, I have to agree. I'm not too sure on that, mate. I haven't looked at that, um, but wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I think I think that's uh, was the highest scoring game uh, in the Champo before because they were. Let's not with you. We they we weren't very good at well they we weren't very good at defending, but yeah, that's where my love of them comes from. But they're one of the teams that never. And hate to say it, they will never, they will never ever be a Champions League team again. They are now in the second division in Spain. They have money problems. I think they're in the bottom three at the moment or the bottom. Oh yeah, Calv. Yeah. Calf. When is, how is your football manager safe going with Depor? Uh, good, mate. I, uh, I decided to leave. Uh, <laughs> Why? I don't love him that much then. <laughs> no, no. no. I, I, actually, I, actually, I actually took them from uh, the second division in Spain to third in the Spanish division, qualified for the Champions League again, and then I fell out with the board. The board didn't give me enough funds to uh, improve the squad. So, so all that, I, I all that left. Me. So everything I was saying, maybe give the group stage a go. You just didn't, did you? I did, mate. I got I got to the group stage. I qualified in second place, and then it got to January, and we weren't. We the team was shit. I'm not gonna lie. So I've now taken over Lazio. Um, oh. So I'm, t- I'm now Lazio manager, and I've uh, my I'm probably 18 months in. Um, oh, sorry, 18 months. Coming up to 18 months. Um, I've got them back into the champ, and we're now third in the league. Uh, five points behind, uh, and Bill were like this, Atlanta in top place first. Atlanta in top place, and uh, Inter in second. So, yeah, we've kind of gone off point here, but I can... No, I'll just try and ask. 
Yeah. More... No, to be fair, mate, I think I'm probably the only one that remembers Deportivo in 2003, 2004. Yeah, 100%, mate. I have a, I have a nice affiliation to uh, Noradin Nabet, by the way, because he, he did come to play for Tottenham for a very short time. Uh, he was absolutely shite when he. Yes, did. he was. But he was 35 years old when he signed. It was. Bill, you say that every single player from that team that came to play in England, yeah, absolutely yeah, shit. So another player is uh, Albert Luke, who went to Newcastle. Newcastle. Yeah, terrible, yeah. terrible. Tristan went to West Ham. Terrible. Uh, Pand, uh, Pandini went to uh, Birmingham and to West Ham. Terrible. Uh, the only person that I suppose did do well was Colacini at, um, at Newcastle. But yeah. Yeah, oh, he was awful. Um, Lionel Scaloni, who was an Argentine yes. national, was yeah. absolute shite when he came over here. Yeah, so, yeah, you're not, you're not wrong there, mate. Um, I just think from uh, you, like they were when you're, you remember like the the Leeds and the Valencias and and you know that that was that era. Um, yeah, they had, they had their one shot, um, and they probably won't get back there again. And you, never again. You're right. Uh, in a, like they've gone down and whatnot, but I mean, it, there's there's very little hope for teams like Deportivo. But I do remember them. I do remember them making a massive impact. I four nil against uh, AC Milan. And Riazor, Riazor was such a lovely name for a stadium as well. It's not easy to forget. So that's a good shout, mate. I like that one. Thanks, mate. That's me done now for the pod. I've just wanted to talk about Deportivo once. So that's me done now. I'm going to retire. Okay, if you guy will carry on talking about you. <laughs> um, cool. Um, I, I think we we are we we're nearly coming up to half nine, aren't we, lads? Um, creeping. What's that, mate? What's up? We're creeping there, yeah, mate. Yeah, we're Just enough time for our favourite non non English, though, surely. Oh, can, do you want to know about mine? Yeah, go on. I ain't got one. What do you mean? You don't have a favourite Champions League team? I didn't pick. Nah. Would you? What about what? a uh, Europa League team? Nah. I mean, you know, you must like the, the the name of a team. I mean, there's there's some Azerbaijan teams that have got fancy names. Apoel Nicosia. There you go. Dynamo, yeah. Zag, yep. Dynamo Zagreb. Whatever. I don't What's know. Fuck all about them. What's your reason for that? Uh, Dynamo Kiev. No real, no real reason, mate. Um, we just nearly half nine. One hour. I, I was going to shout out Dynamo Kiev, but they're slightly outside of the century, the team that I wanted to reference, being sort of Shevchenko's breakout team of, of 98. Um, they really were a force to be reckoned with. Uh, made the Champions League semi-finals that year. Um, they, they beat us 3-1 in the group stages as well. I remember feeling really, really bitter about that. Um, but yeah, no, they were, they were absolutely outstanding. Not a bad shout, man. We've got and they'll, they'll, they'll never do that again. We've got the lesser half of their centre forward partnership when we signed Redroth. I don't mean to be rude, but I really need a poo and um, I need to go. Okay, well you leave. Right. We'll talk about our uh, we'll talk about our not our favourite non English teams and we'll wait for you, mate. It's fine. No, I'm going to leave. I need I need a big poo. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, mate. See you later. That's All an right. unfortunate moment. Enjoy it. <laughs> Uh, well, Josh, do you want to just quickly take over as host? Yeah, I'll do it, yeah. Ah, 
Got my. Uh, so let's actually, I'll take over as host. Ready? Uh, yeah, so go on. Take it away, mate. What, what's your favourite non-English team, please, Josh? Oh yeah. See this one. I struggled with this one. This is the one I really spent the most time on when it comes to research. Um, I thought, you know, I like Barcelona when Ronaldinho played there. Obviously, Ronaldo fans. So I like Madrid when he played there. But I was like, I'd never watched them for the team. One team I did enjoy watching, and there was a period of about, I'd say, six, seven years where I enjoyed watching them, and that was AC Milan. Um, right from the early days of, you know, your front three of Shevchenko, Kaka, and Crespo from, like, 03, 04, and then obviously the, the Istanbul one, right the way through to kind of 2010 when they had their front three of Patos, Latlan, and, and Rubinho. They were just a, an exciting team to watch, and obviously not the same team this decade um, that they were, you know, back then but yeah they just had so many class players over the years and you know referencing LMA like Calvin said I used to look at that squad on LMA and be like that's a joke and then watching them in the Champions League because I didn't really watch much Syria it was only really Champions League games I saw them they were just a, a joy to watch um, the only time I didn't enjoy watching them would be the 2007 final when they beat us but well, that's that. that mate but to be fair they probably got revenge for what they should have won in 2005 yeah true um, I, I actually like the AC Milan shout. A um, couple of reasons. You, you mentioned the Pato, Rubinio and uh, Ibrahimovic centre forward trio. Um, and that's one of my favourite Tottenham games when we beat them 1-0 in, in their place with the whole Joe Jordan incident. Um, I, do, I do rate the, the Italian league, as you know. I'm a big fan of it. So I like the fact that you've called AC Milan out. They have had some great players. And don't forget... I mean, you've got Ronaldinho who went there. Beckham. I mean, Beckham went. I mean, these are these are some of our favourite players. I mean, people on the pod here are nodding, and some of them are just what a great shout that is as AC Milan. Um, not just from a results point of view, because we know Italian league can can fluctuate between match fixing and quality. Um, so yeah, no, I like I like that shout. Um, if that's all you've got on AC Milan, I'm going to move on. I'm going to move to Milesy because he's going mad on his screen there. Um, actually, no, I won't go. No, I will. No, go on. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I, my heart dropped there. My heart sank. <laughs> uh, we'll go so I've, I've got probably one of the best teams that you all would have heard of but have forgotten about. Um, and it's actually fairly recent, sort of like last 10 years, that, that this team have, have come to fruition. Um, so I'm actually talking about uh, Bate Borisov, uh, who you may or may not remember. <laughs> I mean, oh, uh, I'm getting a rather rude gesture from uh, Ben Cutcliffe at the moment, probably because Arsenal lost to him fairly frequently. Yeah. In the say, aren't, aren't they farmers, though, mate? I thought I thought they were a second-rate, B-rate farmer team, no? Yeah, but get this right. So they are. The only Belarusian side to have qualified for the Champions League group stages, which they have done five times with a core of primarily Belarusian players, right? So that's the first reason that I very much like this team. In the five seasons that they have played in the group stages of the Champions League, right? They have drawn home and away with Juventus. They have drawn with AC Milan. They've beaten Lille away. And they beat Bayern Munich 3-1 in the same year that Bayern Munich won the Champions League fairly recently, right? Um, and that Bayern Munich victory was, was achieved with only one foreign player. 
in that squad. And that foreign player was Marco Simic, who is from Montenegro. And I just think that's just brilliant, right? That, that's such a, a feel-good story about a team of, of absolute minnows who, who don't really have the right to, to perform to that level on obviously the, the, the grandest European stage of them all, but have just defied the odds and have just, you know, got some absolutely fantastic results. The fact they beat Arsenal recently is just a bonus. I'd actually forgotten mm. about that. But, you know, it's what it is. No, you, like you don't choice. have to... Um, I like that you know. choice, and I'm sure Ben's got a lot to say on this. Um, <laughs> the reason why I like this choice is not only is it so far out of the box, it's unbelievable. Uh, Belarus was the only the only league that didn't go into lockdown. And Very true. They don't give a shit. They're like, yep, just, just carry on as normal. Um, had I have picked a team from... Belarus, it wouldn't have been them, but good on you. We'll go to Ben for a comment on that. Um, I can see he's he's going to have a bit to say. <laughs> no, not so much to say. I think I, I sort of let most of it out when uh, Marzi let me know his choice, really. But, um, you know, he doesn't have to tell me twice about Batty Borisov. I think, you know, when they, they turned us over quite quite comfortably, needless to say, um, it sort of put my attention. I thought, who, who are these guys? And you know, if you do a bit of digging into what they did in their national league, they are are well respected on their home turf, and um, I think in that that season they they um, beat us. They were were unbeaten in like thirteen games, including a visit from Barcelona and someone else or something mad like that. Um, so you know that just sort of it shows you the respect that they commanded at the time, and yeah, it, it's a, a great out of the out of the box shout, Marzi. Kudos to I like you. That. I like that, Ben. I think you've come back with a few a uh, few over the top stats. That's it's quite impressive. Um, whilst it sounds out of the box, I kind of I do understand why why Alex, Alex Miles has gone with that. Um, we're going to go on to Calvin and I'm really hoping that he doesn't say Deportivo La Corona <laughs> um, because that'll be another wasted 10 minutes so Calvin I know you can hear me so yeah, yeah give no, us I, obviously I was going to say Deport but let's be honest with you they're never going to be in Europe for the next 100 years so um, I kind of thought it's, what, a team I would support um, if Chelsea weren't in it um, things like that but for me I like to go for a bit of an underdog and I've I really enjoyed watching the last few years. I've enjoyed watching Roma play. Um, oh, yeah, like obviously it. they're not the Roma team. I see Marzi there's got his Roma shirt on, but they're not a team um, we saw back probably in the early 2000s. You know, the likes of with Totti and his prime and things like Roma that. But in re- recent yeah, years, yeah. you know, I remember hopefully Josh be able to. Didn't Liverpool play Roma? Um, Quite recently in the uh, in the Champions League, and you know it was a, it was a great game. I think you beat them, Josh. Um, well, we did beat them. I'm pretty sure you did beat them. Um, yeah, two high-scoring games. I can't remember the, the exact yeah. scorelines. I think a home would beat them five-two, and they beat us four-two at their place, and they finished like seven-six to us or something crazy like it that. It was a ridiculous game, isn't that? The, I think it was that a season you lost to Madrid. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Good, mate. Um, yeah, it was just. But then you, you know, did you did then buy their goalkeeper because that's a position. Yeah, but they've yeah. they've had to produce some great players throughout the years and and things like that. So for me, um, yeah, Roma just I like I like an underdog. Really, I could have been gone someone like Barcelona or Bayern Munich, but I like to I like to support a team that you think might not go all the way. But yeah, I like, I like that. I like that. Another one, Bill. I know you 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 might mention this later, but another team I like to watch um, is. 
Atalanta. Oh, don't do it to me, Calvin. But I'm not going to go into it because I've already it's mentioned Roma, but they're another team. It's all I've got team for I enjoy watching. Pod. Sorry, mate? It's all I've got for the entire pod is my surprise, Atalanta. It was, it was not going to be a surprise, mate, let's be honest. Yeah, not to you, but <laughs> you are. Not now. <laughs> what a dick. But Thank so, so, so Bill, um, in that case, uh, over to you. Oh, uh, to be yeah, fair, I, I thought you would have done Benfica, Bill. I'm going to go Benfica with... Benfica tops at training. <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, Atalanta. Um, it's only been an, a, a couple of years' worth of, of a love affair of Atalanta. They score goals. They're so non-Italian. Um, yeah, they, they can lose 4-0 or they win 4-0. They're just one of them teams that... They're just ridiculous. They've got a 30-odd-year-old... Striker that should be shit on paper, but he, Illich, by the way, he scores a lot of goals. Got Gomez just in behind him. They're just brilliant. I just love them. I love the way they play. They are. They are also one of. I think there's only two teams, and I can't remember the second team, but they didn't win any of their first four games in the group stage this year. And then they won the last two. And I, re- I remember. And Josh will back me up because I, I messaged him and said. Surprise package this year, Atalanta. They'll get to the semi-finals. And they've just sneaked into the quarter-finals just before it all got, got on hold. Um, I love them. I don't know what it is about them. I just love them. I love the way they play. They just, they're just so anti-Italian football. It's, it's just it's so good to watch. Uh, like I say, they, they didn't pick up a win in their first four games and, and then they've got through to the quarter-finals. So, for me, yeah, I don't know why. I just... I like them. I really like them. So, any questions on Atalanta, Wild Maria? I'm assuming that I don't have to shave my head now because the Champions League ain't going to continue. You only have to shave your head, Josh, if I get through continue. one more round of games. Yeah. And then you just in August, mate. I didn't, I didn't want to mention, mate. I wasn't even going to mention the fact that you had to shave your head. Uh, I mean, you're 180 minutes away from being bald. <laughs> I mean, that's where we are right now. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, domestic, like I say, domestically, they just they sit in the top four. They're never going to challenge for the title, but they they have this, I think they've got the second best goal difference this year. They had the best goal difference last year. They just, they just go for it. And anyone that knows me, even though I was a defender in my prime at Sunday League, I, uh, I love goals. I prefer to win 7-6 than 1-0. So... Yeah, so that's mine. Um, people, raise your hand if you haven't been yet, because I can't remember. All right, well, we'll move straight on to Ben. Um, I think this is going to be a good one. Bill, I think I'm going to disappoint you here, mate, because um, it's not it's slightly unoriginal, really, mate. I think, um, you know, trying to, trying to think back to, to a team outside of mine... I, Got plenty to choose from having a, a watch of the Champions League and not started it for uh, many a year now. But um, I think I'm going to be slightly boring and, and sort of bring it back to a, a probably a hot topic of tonight, really, and say the uh, Ajax team of last year. Um, so I won't bore the listeners um, too much, but I think some of the key points for me was the average age of that team was like just above 22 years in a few hundred days, I think it was. Um, for them, to be so young and inexperienced and play at the level they did in the Champions League last year is, is absolutely phenomenal. Um, 
you know, having sold, you know, two of their best players for the best part of 140 mil just speaks for the level of talent that they had for such young players. Um, I think it's absolutely incredible, that team. And, uh, you know, it, it's do they continue that? Will they continue that? And that's what I'm excited to see moving forward, really. I think it's a great shout. And I know we have kind of touched on them. But let's just think about what they've got there. Now, they might have lost um, Dilipt and they might have lost De Jong and I know Zicek. But at the same time, a player of Donny van den Beek's quality is, is not to be sniffed at. They've, and they, they've actually, in my opinion, they've actually recruited very, very well. They Tadic in, didn't they? Tadic yeah, for 10 million, considering yeah. what he did. And that's, and that's the kind of player where they play in such a way that a guy like Tadic can, can really blossom. Um, they've also brought in a bit of experience with Ryan Barbel. I know he's, he'll split opinions on this pod and, and probably outside this pod, but would you, would you have turned that kind of signing down if you were going in the direction of where they're going? Probably not. And not too dissimilar to the year before when they had the chance to sign Daily Blind. And that is a man, whichever way you look at it, that's a Manchester United player. Yet they took a bit of a chance and they signed him. And like I say, they've, they've recruited very well. Um, they've got a few players, Taglafico, David Neres, obviously the goalkeeper, um, Banana. So they've got players there that are still of a certain quality. For me, I mean, I I wanted, I, outside of, I know me and Lou were talking over each other with the Monaco and Ajax situation, but for me, we had no right to get through last year. If they'd have got to the final against Liverpool, would they have won? Maybe not, but it was only two years ago that they were in the Europa League final against Manchester United and they didn't turn up that day either. So, from my point of view, yeah, Ajax a great shout. Um, I like everything they do. And it's not just bringing it all through their own system. Like they will buy somebody who's 17 for a million euros. They'll throw them into their youth academy and say, you're going to learn the Ajax way. 12 months later, they're in the first team. We've, we've seen it with uh, Vertonghen, Alderweireld, Sanchez. We bought three centre-backs. For a reason. Ericsson, yeah. I mean, we've bought, we've bought three centre-backs from them for a reason. Um, and yeah, I, I, I really like Ajax. It's a great yeah. show. Um, yeah, I think I like the only one left, unless anyone's got any more to add. Uh, well, one thing actually, and obviously yeah. I won't linger on this too much. Uh, you know, Ajax and Tottenham have obviously very direct connections and, and a quite a good relationship. But this is actually going back to the Italian football piece, and, and you might be the only person who remembers this, this bill, and I mean that in the most respectful way. Um, <laughs> but do you remember? Whoa. Do you remember there was an Italian football show? on, I think, Channel 5. Um, and I, all I remember about the um, the intro at the start was it just goes, oh, Go on, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. all I remember. No, no, I've never heard of it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, the I, it just the commentators used to do that every time they scored a goal, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that's obviously what they used to op open the show because the uh, commentators used to do that every time a goal was scored. Yeah, right. I think I had that like, the worst, crustiest analogue TV back in like 1995 <laughs> yeah. or whatever. I just remember hearing that 
background. <laughs> I, mean, I'm, I am a I am a, a big fan of Italian football, and it's so it's it's like a game of chess. And even today, it's still a game of chess. All right, they might be attracting slightly adverse players and slightly better players in, in the fact that Ronaldo's gone there, but. He's on the decline, isn't he? Let's be realistic. He's he's still right up there, and I still love him to pieces. But that that league is is kind of trying to find its feet again. So, yeah, I'd, I I really like Syria. It's a shame that they've had the scandals in the past, but for me, yeah, they're still right up there as a league. Um, and I do remember the highlight show, and it's what kind of got you into football. Every game would be one nil, but you just love it. You just be like, the goal would be you know, marginally offside through Filippo Inzaghi, because as Fergie once said famously, he was born offside. Um, it, it's just, yeah, it was just such a good league. So just quickly going to move on. I know Lou's just typed us a little message saying he doesn't have a, a favourite team um, outside of his own in Europe, which is a real shame. Um, given his I think point. it's majority because I've had too much to think and didn't do my research. He has had a few. Um, but I reckon if you said, look, we've got a round today of 32 teams, you've got to pick one that you're going to stick in your accumulator, who would you choose, Lou? Borussia Dortmund. Borussia Dortmund. Well, there's your favourite, mate. That's simple as that. I won't ask you for reasons why, because I put you on the spot a little bit. But, um, I mean, I think we all kind of like... Dortmund, don't we? Because we all kind of rate an underdog, and we all like the the yellow wall is special. Um, and I know the English connection now as well with Sancho. Sancho yeah, up there, Sancho, I'm interested to see what he's got. A slight connection being English, so being a Guna, um, having a Bamiyang and Mkhitaryan from there as yeah, well. Well, yeah, you've you've got some good players from them. Um, oh, so and, I really appreciate their talent structure. I love their stadium. I think they've just, you know, I mean, they're just a great. A develop, like they're the the better Arsenal development club, should we say, in developing players, but they actually make it worthwhile to win things, don't it? Yeah, no, <laughs> I don't disagree there, Lou. I mean, if you're gonna if if you're gonna mould yourself, and not necessarily the top tier of English football should should mould themselves on them, but like I said in I, I don't know which pod it was, but it was one of the pods where I said um, there's a reason that Haaland chose Dortmund, and there's a reason that Sancho goes. To Dortmund, you know, like people move to Dortmund for a reason, and yeah. and I, I, whether I said it in a, I didn't want to be too derogatory when I said it was a stepping stone, or you know, like you move from uh, you move from Germany to England for your for your big move to Spain, um, but Dortmund's definitely one of them teams that if any of us had a chance to make it, you'd want to play at Dortmund for some point. And we all saw the game yesterday, they had no fans, but what football they played. That first 40 minutes, they were buzzing the ball around like it was it was nothing. It was it was great to watch. So yeah, good no fans. So yeah, I think that's probably it for tonight. Uh, we're probably pushing on about two hours. Um, we kind of got a bit stuck on the first topic, but rightly so, because we yeah, love some waffle with syrup, yeah, don't we, boys? Yeah, but it's, I, I don't actually think that was waffle. I think that was just people's passion coming out. You know, you, you have your best games. And we did miss the worst games, but that would have been a five-minute topic. Cause yeah. For the I, record, mine was CL final, Barca. Yeah. Well, Barca. that's it, mate. I mean, I don't want to argue with Josh about it, and I certainly don't want to talk about Bayern Munich 
turn us over and I mean that was just awful so um, <laughs> yeah. we missed we missed one topic that no one wanted to talk about so it's ideal yeah, no um, next week what are we thinking what's going on next week are we thinking that far ahead yet we'll talk about it in the chat but I think we were gonna we thought we need to get onto an England part <laughs> yeah I think <laughs> Every time. Um, like an England managers uh, yeah or well, just England overall yeah I think I think best England teams managers um, players, I like that. Would be would be good. I mean, you, yeah, you look around and you, and do you trust the pool of English managers we've got right now? I mean, it's it's a tough one. So, so yeah, that could be a really good pod. And uh, obviously, listeners' feedbacks welcome. So, yeah, we'll go with that. We won't end on anything. So what you think tonight. we should pod about? What do I think we should pod about? Uh, yeah, I mean, I I like the international one because. Do you know what my big thing is about the international thing is, is you could look around any nation in the Premier League where you've got your German will be Klopp and you've got your Spanish will be Pep and, and you look at the next best England manager and unbelievably it's Frank Lampard in the Premier League. Now he is not fit, he is not fit to manage England but someone will need to manage England after Frank and our pool of talent is, is terrifying. Like there is, it's literally nobody. Um, I don't want to go too much into it because I don't want to ruin What's next week's pod. Yeah, I don't want to ruin what what can be said. But I mean, I don't think Germany, Spain, maybe Italy, are, are or, and France are either that concerned about them the next ten, fifteen, twenty years of management. But as England fans, we probably should be because there's the, the pool of talent is is very sparse and. I know some names are going to get mentioned next week that are going to be so controversial. <laughs> that, that there's there's no trophies in English management. So that's where we go. So, yeah, that's what I'd like to see. Well, uh, look forward to it next week, way. boys. Yeah, yeah. Sorry yeah, to I was having to disappear. But, um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll reconvene next week and we'll we'll move on to the big one, which is episode 10, which we probably never thought we'd get to. And remember, everybody, stay alert. Stay alert. Stay alert.